Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ophil. Marca Mesut Ophil. Bellerín, otro defensor, otro disparo, Monreal, gol. Marca el futbolista español, marca Nacho Monreal. Pim, pam, pum. This is Arscast Extra. Hello and welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always, with James from Gunnerblog. James, goodly morning to you. Goodly morning to you, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm all right. Do you have a nice weekend? Pardon? I said, did you have a nice weekend? Oh, right. <laughs> it all sort of uh, it blurred down the line to me. I couldn't hear. I did have a nice weekend. I was uh, clearing out my mum's moving house. So I was clearing out all my remaining debris from her house that oh, I'd left wow. there. And I found a box full of Arsenal shirts, old replica Arsenal kits um, from like the last, you know, 20 years or so. That I was like, oh, Great, why, you know, why have I put all these away in a box? And then I realised why as I unfurled them all and they all had names like Van Persie and Fabregas and even one that had Nazri on the back of no, it. No, no, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh I was one goodness. of like the six people who had a Samir Nazri shirt. I always, so yeah, that's yeah. why they've all been tucked away. Yeah, I always liked that. Wasn't there a great picture of... Um not long after Nasri left, there was a guy in the stadium who had a Nasri shirt, but he'd sellotaped in paper underneath it, is a cunt, uh, below the name. <laughs> uh, that so was that, an option, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what the lesson is. I mean, the lesson is don't get anyone's name on your shirt, really, I suppose, because, you know, they'll only let you down in the end. You know what? I've only bought one Arsenal shirt in the last, I can't remember, 10, 15 years. Uh, mm. I bought it via the Arsenal website, and I got a player's name on the back, and I never get a player's name on the back. Can you guess which? I mean, I'd guess Senderos, to be honest. No, no, not Senderos. A bit more recent, but not much. A uh, bit more recent on the back. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you a clue. People yeah. thought he was fat, but he he wasn't necessarily. Ashavid. No, he was actually a bit fat. Yeah, he was fat. He was. He was fat. He was, in fact. Uh, Andre Santos. Correct. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What's the story behind that? I have no idea. I cannot give you any <laughs> rational explanation as to why I went on the Arsenal website, paid money for a shirt with Andre Santos on the back. I think it even has the number 11. I don't know what possessed me. Something came over me that day and I said, I'm going to get a, an Arsenal shirt and I'm going to get Santos on the back. And uh, yeah, I wear it sometimes to five aside and people look at me strangely. What the fuck? Yeah. What's that? Why would anyone do that? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm unique. Maybe I'm the only person with an Andre Santos shirt. 
I think I could be. That's amazing. I mean, I guess these days it probably looks like quite a sort of funny, ironic choice, but at the time, presumably it wasn't. Presumably you just believed in Andre Santos at that point. Absolutely. You know, it was that goal against Chelsea, perhaps, that did it for me. You know, yeah. that, that game where he played so terribly in the first half and then in the second half came out and he, he scored quite early into the second half. It was that, a really mad game, wasn't it? The 5-3 at Stamford Bridge. Mm. Uh, John Terry slipped, if you remember. That was that was a fun moment. Um, maybe, it maybe it was that. Maybe it was just in the wake of that particular game. I was so imbued with the spirit and uh, personality of Andre Santos that I went out and bought a shirt with his name on it. But beyond I that, I couldn't paper, tell you. On paper, he was quite a likeable guy, you know, sort of uh, chubby looking, if not actually chubby, attacking fullback who scored the odd goal. Uh, very, very friendly, very smiley. It was just, yeah. it was just that hug, wasn't it, with Robin van Persie and the exchanging of shirts at half time. Oh, and the constant defensive mistakes that really undid him at half time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was much more the latter than the uh, than the brouhaha <laughs> over the shirt. Yeah, a little from column A, a lot from column B. It has to be said. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's fun. What are you going to do with these shirts? I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I guess I'm going to try and keep them until the wounds have healed. Until I mean, I don't think a shirt with Nasri on the back of it is ever going to be okay. Is it Fabregas? I feel like in the fullness of time, you could wear that again. And, you know, once he's retired, people will forget about, you know, him leaving, defecting to Barcelona and some then joining people. Chelsea. But some people, some people, but um, the others, I don't know keep them under the bed or I mean I can't bring myself to throw an Arsenal shirt away that's the thing I can't quite take that step yeah I think I had a quite a number because I used to collect them and uh, as people did but I think I could be wrong here but it was um, Gingers for Limpar did some kind of charity drive where he collected a whole load of Arsenal shirts from people and they got sent off to somewhere and uh, I presume there are a load of kids somewhere in the world wearing, you know, one of my old Arsenal shirts with, um, mm. not with Andre Santos. I kept that one, though. It was very special to me, so. Of course, well, I yeah. I mean, couldn't, couldn't get rid of it. It's one of a kind, probably. <laughs> yeah, I must I must see, is it downstairs? I get a picture. I'll put it on the, uh, up with the podcast or, or on the Twitter or something like that. So, um, yeah, so that's it. Uh, anyway, look, uh, that's the show for today. It's, um, yeah. It's pretty quiet, Thanks isn't it? In. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is pretty quiet. It is, it is very, it is very quiet. I mean, I, I really miss football already, and I think that the fact that you know we've appointed a new manager kind of makes that more pronounced. I think if you said, "Do you want to watch some more Arsene Wenger stuff?" I'd be like, "Oh, I've seen a seen a lot of that," but I'm really excited to uh, to see Arsenal under a new coach. So I've been watching. You know, the closest thing I can get, which is I watched England play an international friendly against mm. uh, Alex Awobi's Nigeria. Uh, and then I watched the Arsenal legends yesterday. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoovering up every scrap of nearly football at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't watch any of that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure mm. it was quite fun, the legends thing. I know I saw people, we've got questions. Maybe that's what we'll do for this podcast. We'll just randomly go through the questions, will we, rather than uh, break it up into two parts. Uh, people talking okay, yeah. t- people talking about the uh, the legends. Hang on, I'm pretty sure I f- saw a question here. Uh, bum, 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 bum. Where is it? Um... I had one about the legends as well. So yeah. I, I oh, um, it's from this- Matty Bonici. 
who says, uh, thoughts on the absurdity of people criticizing the legend status of a group of blokes who've pulled on the kid again to play for charity. Um, so he seems to think that, you know, even though some of the players w- weren't necessarily what you would call legendary during their time with us, it seems a bit churlish to, to criticize uh, when they're just doing a, a good thing. I think that the, th- the point here, Matty, is that there's always some con who will criticize everything or something. You know, you can't do anything these days without somebody finding a negative angle on it. Um, you know, legends, you know, yeah. it's, um, it's a fluid, it's a fluid concept, but yeah, I, I, you know, is, what, what can you call them? Legends and some other blokes? You can't really, can you? <laughs> old guys. Yeah, old dudes. <laughs> the old guys, 11. Um, Arsenal seniors. Now, I, I, listen, there were some real legends out there as well. You yeah. know, Robert Pires, of course. Mm. Your man was uh, captaining the side. Mm. Uh, David Seaman. Sol Campbell. I mean, I heard your remix of his <laughs> little Instagram post or whatever it was this morning. He's just the most extraordinary character. And I think he, what was, I suppose, funniest about his... Uh, his uh, his pre-match hype is that he departed the pitch after I think about six minutes with a hamstring problem. <laughs> so that was all we got from Big Sol. Yeah, I've just spilled a cup of coffee all over my desk. Uh, oh no! <laughs> literally uh, on your on your computer or yeah, just your desk? On the well, on the desk. And uh, now my mouse is sitting in it. Um, a oh. mouse drowning in coffee. Yeah, just hang on one second. You entertain the troops there for a second while I go and get some uh, kitchen towels. To, uh, okay. to mop this up. So, you know, feel free, some some improv, a song, whatever you like, I'll be right back. All right, okay. Um, see, normally we'd edit this bit out of the podcast, but what with there being so little to discuss, we're probably going to leave it in. I am glad that Andrew spilt his coffee everywhere, not because I wish ill upon him or his electronic devices, but just because it's an event, isn't it? And there haven't been that many events this week. We can now spend 20 minutes dissecting, you know, the coffee spill. Whose fault was it? Was it Mustafi's fault? (laughs) Definitely Mustafi's fault. (laughs) And then maybe you guys could send in questions next week about the coffee spill. We could get weeks of material out of this. Um, So so in that respect, it's good news. I mean, how are things going over there, Andrew? What's the latest? Is it being Um, soaked up? Yeah, it's being soaked up. Um, Some of it went on my leg as well, so... uh, Thankfully, because it's it's been warm here this weekend, I'm wearing a pair of kind of old battered shorts that I, you know, go out, take the dogs for a walk in that. So uh, it's not like... What I've, about the coffee? Have you been burnt by the coffee? No, it was it was not as hot as it would be. It, it, you know, it had been sitting there for a little while, this cup of coffee. Um, That's right. So it's I, all I got burnt this weekend because my wife was cooking some rice... And then she came over to me with like a big spoon and was like, can you just try this rice and see if it's cooked? Right. But she hadn't um, separated that rice from the boiling water in which it was cooked. So she just fed me a spoonful (laughs) of boiling water and rice. And I I just sort of spat this rice everywhere. It was really... It was really painful, actually. I think she says it was a mistake, but I'm, I'm convinced. Mm, yeah, you've, you've got to be... deliberate. Yeah. Suspiciously so. You've got to be a bit suspicious of that, I have to say. Here, take some of this scalding water and tell yeah, me what it honestly, tastes like. Yeah, my lips were all burnt. Terrible. Oh, my but, um Anyway, we're back so on track. The legend, yeah, back the on Legends track. 11. The Legends 11. Yeah. Well, on the, on the basis of... It's interesting, the Legends 11, isn't it? Because I imagine whoever puts it together 
And I don't know who that is, if it is Bobby P or, you know, if it's uh, some, an executive at the club. They've got to balance actual legends with people who are still quite good at football. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you've so got like, to have some athleticism. Luis Morte is not an Arsenal legend, but he seems to be relatively fit still. So he's actually one of the best players on that team. By some distance, he scored our goal. Right. I did see the goal. I did see the goal. Nicholas Anelka. I mean, there's a thing. You know, when you think about how fractious yeah. the, the ending was between Arsenal and uh, Nicholas Anelka, um, yeah, to have him up front... It shows you that water has passed under the bridge and, uh, you know, in time, like you say, like your Fabregas shirt, like your, probably not your Van Persie shirt, but like your Fabregas yeah. shirt is probably acceptable to a, to a certain extent. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm guessing it was a relatively slow-paced game. It was. I mean, I think Ray Parler played 90 minutes in central midfield, which probably tells you everything you need to know. Mm. But uh, Madrid had some really good players. I mean, Luis Figo looks like he could still, you know, get a game for us, I think, pretty easily. Mm. Uh, Raul looks fit as a fiddle. So they they were better than us and we were holding on for long periods. Our, our legendary central defensive pair of Pascal Sigan and Matthew Upson um, stood up to the task pretty well. But uh, it, it was entertaining. I mean, it's nicely small faces. I think Julio Baptista played for both teams in the game. He started for Real and then later came on for Arsenal. <laughs> the big question, uh, the big question is, did he do any overhead kicks? <laughs> he tried a couple, I think. He was swinging at stuff all over the place. Uh, oh, Emmanuel Abue, of course, was sort of the story of the of the weekend, really. He kind of took over Arsenal's social media accounts. I saw with, that. What uh, was going on there? I didn't watch any of it, so... Um... It was just Emmanuel Abue being Emmanuel Abue, really. I mean, he did do a sort of Q&A where he... Uh, opened up on the incident of him turning up at Gilberto Silva's birthday party dressed as a tiger. So, you know, it was entertaining to see about. I think he was the youngest player involved. He's only about 33, 34, which I think is younger than the the right back we're currently trying to sign for the first team. So there you go. There you go, indeed. Um, yeah, there wasn't there a brilliant uh, Emmanuel Abue story on one of our live cast from Stuart McFarlane told a great uh, story in one of them, so you can uh, check that out in our podcast archives mm. if you want to go back from that. Um, here's a question from good Alfie Powell, as opposed to bad Alfie Powell or evil Alfie Powell. Uh, maybe he exists across a number of dimensions, but he says, what, what did people do when there wasn't football on again? I forget every year, but it feels like I'm suffocating. Like, you know, the, the season is only just finished, really. We do have a World Cup coming yeah. up, so that that's something. Well, that is going to be, you know, that is going to plug the gap, isn't it? I mean, three games a day for a few weeks in the what group are the, stages. What are the kickoff times like? It can't be that different or weird because... Uh, What's Moscow? A couple of hours ahead or Russia? Oh, Russia's very big though, isn't it? I keep forgetting how big Russia is. There must be all kinds of time zones. uh, Yeah. There's different time zones within Russia. But I think for us in the UK, I think the games are something like in the week there, like one o'clock, four o'clock and seven o'clock. All right. Um, Yeah. And then I think at the weekend, there's an earlier game at like 11 o'clock, 11 in the morning. Wow. Okay. So they're quite relatively... Comfortable viewing times. It's not like Japan and Korea when I had to wake up, at, you know, five or six in the morning to watch yeah. the games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to the World Cup. I sort of, 
you know, I get sucked into it every time. It's it's not my, you know, I don't love international football in anywhere near the same way as I do club football, but it is, uh, I like the group stages. I like the group stages where you've got all the teams, all the different fan groups. I feel like after that, it never quite delivers on what it promises, but the group stages are sort of fun. Yeah, I think like the first week of the World Cup is kind of the best because it's new yeah. and like there's football on at weird times of the day and you can just watch football all day. And then after that, it gets a bit competitive or something. I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah, I it's always It's like the it. inverse Champions League, isn't it? Where the group stages are yeah. good and then the knockouts are bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but anyway, that's starting one. Not next week. Oh, it is next Friday, is it? Friday week? The 14th it starts. Thursday 14th with Thursday. Russia, the hosts, taking on Saudi Arabia. Well, I wonder who'll win that. <laughs> Saudi Arabia, apparently, this is not a strong Saudi side. They're missing a goal scorer. So <laughs> there you go. In general or a specific one? <laughs> no, in general. In right. general, they really struggle for goals. They did have a goal scorer, didn't they, years ago? They had a guy called Ali Dai. Do you remember Ali Dai? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was, he, used to, he played until he was about 40 for Saudi Arabia, as far as I understand it. But uh, he, he's 49 now. It's come too late for him. Hey, Although look- I read that Egypt's goalkeeper is 45. Have you seen that? No. Wow. I mean, there is a bit of history with the World Cup for, for older guys. You remember Roger Miller? Uh, doing it for yep. Cameroon, didn't he? Um, and he, he was he was quite old at the time. I don't remember exactly how, but he's sixty six now. Roger Miller is yeah. sixty six now. What the fuck? Although that was what? Well, what was that? Nineteen ninety. It was okay. It feels more. Yeah. Nineteen ninety feels more recent to me than it actually is. It's actually twenty eight years ago. Fuck. Wow, that must be a scary thought. What the fuck? 1990 doesn't seem like the old days, even though it clearly is. It Shit. really is now. I mean, the the way you know that is that, like, 90s fashion is coming back. That's When you've seen fashion go round and come back again, it yeah. means you've lived really long. Yeah. Like, that's, how, that's how I interpret it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, the Egypt goalkeeper, Essam El-Hadari, is 45, and... Assuming he keeps his place for the for the World Cup group stages games, I think he'll become the oldest player in the World Cup. He was actually once linked with Arsenal. Well, he's uh, a goalkeeper, isn't he? Uh, quite. Uh, he, when he was playing in Egypt, he was linked with a move to Arsenal, but they couldn't get him out of his contract, something like that. There was genuine interest in in taking him to London, apparently. Really? But there you go. Wow. Wow. I mean, uh, of all mm. the goalkeepers we've been linked Sam with... Sam El-Hadari. SM El Hadari, yeah. I don't remember his name. Um I'm just gonna stick his stick his name in uh in the Ars blog search box on the site. No. Yeah, do it. No. I mean maybe I've dreamt this, but I feel like I feel like I remember it. Hang on a Two thousand and eleven. Really? Okay, hang on. It was. Um Wow. I mean, like, okay. The first link I found is on tr- Go on. I've got it. I've got it. Uh, ah, geez, Arsenal.com is doing that weird thing for me where when you try and load an article, it, it asks you for a username and password. But I found um, a mention of him in uh, in Ars blog in 2008 in a roundabout the days wow. stories. Arsene Wenger talks about retiring. Wow, that was on 
Wow, that, that was that 10 story, years ago. That story, yeah, it was February 2008 about how important Liam Brady is. He denies any move for a 36-year-old Egyptian goalkeeper. Uh, and he says that while Cesc Fabregas is fully committed to Arsenal, there are no new contract talks going on. So Ominous. Then it's... Um, Next line is, William Gallas has ensured Manchester United are not up for the rest of the season by calling them arrogant. Wouldn't it be better to wait till the end of the season to call them names? February 2008, we know how the rest of that season played out. Well done, Gallas. Another reason to put you on my fucking list of, yeah, the Gallas list. <laughs> I, he's, I've probably got a shirt with his name on upstairs. He was conspicuous did. by his absence from the, the Legends Eleven. Uh, I, that would have st- stuck in your crew, I suspect, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chelsea legend, Tottenham legend, Arsenal legend, sure thing, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so there you go. Well, look, we have been linked with that goalkeeper, so um, good luck to him. What about, uh, what we? I mentioned it, but you didn't see Ali of, uh, did you see Alex Awobi's goal against England? He kind of followed in on a rebound, did he? Something like that? I saw maybe something yeah, on my phone, like- you know? I think a shot was blocked and then he actually finished it pretty emphatically, I think with his left foot. He actually had a very good game. He was he started on the right wing for Nigeria, where right. he's not had his best performances for Arsenal, but he was very tidy um, and very strong on the ball. And then in the second half, he moved into a deeper central midfield role. Right. And had a much bigger influence on the game and was sort of quite instrumental in Nigeria coming back into the match they'd been really really poor in the first half so it, I mean mm. that, that follows suit a little I know it's only a international friendly but it follows suit a little bit with what we've seen in the last few months at Arsenal I do wonder if when Unai Emery looks at Iwobi will he see him as a wide attacker or will he see him as a central midfield player yeah. because he tends to do quite well when you put him in there well we have a question from Queen Gunnar at Sofire who says Arsenal Iwobi versus Nigeria Iwobi discuss um, mm. I mean, I'm very curious to see how he gets on at the World Cup. You know, I wrote a piece about him over the weekend and I think he's one of the players I think Emery is going to look at or could get more out of. You know, the talent is there. We can see that there's talent there, but it's not consistent enough. He is still only 22, though, you know, so maybe under a new manager with new tutelage and new coaching and, and everything else, he can... Uh, he can provide and produce some consistency with uh, with his performances because he does have a bit of end product. I know people, you know, they, they'll replay those shots that go out for a throw and all that, but, you know, he did get seven assists last season and three or four goals, so it's not too bad in terms of his, his numbers. I think we can get more out of him. Yeah, I saw your point about how many assists he's made compared to some other players in the Premier League, and it, it doesn't look too horrendous when you shape it up like that I just think he has got such a natural ability with the ball I mean he he's so smooth in possession and he's so strong uh, he's really filled out I think since he came into the first team and he's he's over six foot and he's very broad shouldered he's got big backside and he can hold it <laughs> uh, I, I, <laughs> I sound like I'm really enamoured with him but you do I, I do like him mm. I, I do sound like a real admirer but I do I do I don't know if it's just a kind of academy bias where I want to see an Arsenal boy do well, but I think that I think that he could be a really handy squad player. I'm not here saying 
we should sell Mesut Ozil and give him the keys to the team. I just think that he could play an important role next season, especially with us having to deal with the, the Europa League as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, good luck to him. And uh, if he comes back from the World Cup after a good uh, a good run with Nigeria and some good games under his belt, I've always felt like he's... He's just lacked a little bit of self-belief or confidence at Arsenal, which he seems to have when he plays for Nigeria, um, mm. which he doesn't necessarily have here. You you always f- felt like he's got a, a performance, he's got to put in a performance that will ma- make him feel like he really belongs in the Arsenal first team. And there were moments where I thought we were perhaps going to go that way, but it didn't quite work out. So yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing what he can do next season. It is interesting because this isn't the strongest... Nigeria team you know you've ever seen um, and I do think that he sort of assumes more responsibility when he plays for them he's one of the, the leaders of that squad really and you know he's certainly one of the highest profile players whereas he does sometimes feel uh, maybe this is unfair maybe we're projecting but it does seem like he's a little bit overawed sometimes at Arsenal you know you can see him defer to other players a little bit or go into his shell uh, and so yeah I think a successful summer might be just what's needed for him. But I, he's one of those players, he's probably in my top three players that I'm looking forward to seeing how they might do with a different coach. You know, I always mention Granite Xhaka, I always mention Hector Bellerin, and I would have Alex Awobi right up there too, because I do think there are some really interesting raw materials to work with. For sure, for sure. Uh, okay, do you have a question there? Have you been flicking through your questions? I have been flicking through, let's have a look. I mean, oh, oh uh, Beardy McBeardface who's at Bearded Hannon. I think we've had questions from Beardy McBeardface before. It's uh, not a name you forget easily. No. Uh, anyway, Beardy says, given the truncated transfer window, I really like, by the way, that that's become the sort of official name for this transfer the, window. The truncated, the truncated transfer, transfer window. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's really fun to say. Um, it's a anyway, good word, so isn't it? Given that. It's a, it is a good word. Truncated. Yeah. It is yeah. good. I like it. It's got a, a truncosity that I like. It, you know? It has, yeah. yeah. I, I enjoy it. It's, it's fun. It's fun in the mouth that one. And, and uh, <laughs> he says, given that, is there a new agreed date to start freaking out about a lack of transfer activity? Yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. It's always yeah. yesterday. It's always yesterday. Now, is there? Uh, I guess preseason starts at the end of uh, the start of July. You know, we, we always have this idea, don't we, when we talk about transfers, wouldn't it be a good idea to buy the players so that they're there for preseason? So that when they arrive to a new club, perhaps a new country, they get the you know proper training under their belts, they get to settle in a bit, rather than this thing of, you know, a guy who arrives at the end of August, for example, has got to uh, meet new teammates, all that kind of stuff. Um don't leave it so late. So for me, I would buy all the players yesterday. I understand that's not how it works or how the market works. But, you know, if we get to the if we get to the end of July and we haven't made any real significant inroads into transfer activity, then I think we can start to to worry. But, you know, it's only June the 4th. I think we have to we have to just be a little bit patient. You know, there is time. Um, there is a new way of doing things. Uh, so, yeah, let's give them a chance to see what they can bring in between now and the end of uh, July. Season starts. It's a truncated summer as well, isn't it? Season starts quite early. So, yeah, 
give them till then. And then we can get the pitchforks out and we can run around screaming like madmen. Yeah. I, I, in my mind, I kind of have this notional deadline of the World Cup because I, I think I've been conditioned by previous summers that, you know, no business happens during the World Cup. And if you want to get stuff done early, you've got to get it done before the World Cup. But when I sit back and I think about it, you know, the players that we're linked with, the majority of them aren't at the World Cup. So it shouldn't really make any difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can sign Stefan Lichsteiner anytime you like. But for example, on that deal, if he's got a contract with the Juventus, that probably runs until the end of June. Yeah. So it's not being announced before July in all likelihood. Well, so, no, I think know, he can, to, I think they can, uh, once he's agreed to leave, announce I think, a pre-contract. Yeah, I you can announce, exactly. So I think that will probably happen. And uh, uh, Socrates, uh, Papa, uh, he's uh, he's going to do a medical this week. They're going to check his bits, bend over and cough. There you go. You're ready to play for the Arsenal. Well done. Um, and then we'll see what else they're going to do. Uh, there was an interesting le- link, wasn't there, to a a French central defender over the mm. weekend uh, who I hadn't really heard of before. Um, what's his name? I don't know if I even saw this. Sorry, I, sound, I, sound, I went mm, as if I knew and then I suddenly thought... Do I know about this? Okay. Uh, Arsenal, French, Central He plays for defender. Stuttgart, I think. Do you mean... Oh. Oh, Benjamin Pavard. Pavard. How do you say it? Pavard. 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 22 yeah. years old. He's quite, for Stuttgart. quite curly. He's got curly hair like you used to have. And so does the Turkish guy we're looking at. What's the pattern here? I I don't quite know. I don't quite know. Is it something in the water that's making young men's hair curly? But I think it would be one or the other. Somebody made a very good point last week, by the way, James, that you, given your uh, wife's family, should be the one to learn the pronunciation of the Turkish guy's name. That's true. That's true. I should do. Okay. I'll I'll endeavour to do as much. I'll ask... I'll 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 find out. I mean, my wife doesn't speak any Turkish. She's rubbish. But I'll ask her dad. Yeah, and then he's probably much aware. better. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah, enough. He's much better. I'm 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 reading about Pavard now. Mm. So he plays for Stuttgart. He's been he's capped for France. Five caps. At going 22. to the World Cup. Is he going to the World Cup? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't Will want to doesn't want to sort out his issue or his uh, future until after the World Cup. Apparently, so six foot one. Curly hair. That's all I really know about him, to be honest, is what's on his Wikipedia. Beyond that, <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you at this stage. Yeah. So but there's an interesting one. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, a few more uh, tall guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we could do some more tall guys. I actually did see an interesting question. Where is it? Oh, here it is. It's from Kieran Dowd. Hello, Kieran. Kieran says... Everyone's excited to see how the current players improve with coaching. But if Emery was to look at the squad and say, I think I can make a Ramsey Shaka midfield work, or I think I can make a Mustafi holding defence work, unless we don't need a starting defensive midfielder or centre back, would you have faith or would you freak out? Uh, I think I'd probably freak out a bit, you know. <laughs> I definitely would. Would you not? Yeah. I definitely would. I mean, trust the guy's yeah. judgment, but you particularly know, the centre halves, I would, I would be like, oh no, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think um, no, that would definitely be 
time to freak out for sure, for sure. Uh, you know, be adventurous, be bold, make decisions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but don't do that. Like, don't, don't do that. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Don't, please. Whatever you do, don't, don't do that. I mean, look, I, you know, Ramsey and Jacka could work in some ways. In some games, it could be pretty useful. We've seen it work before. But is it? Is it not just more of the same? It is. No, no, freak. I'm freaking out now, James. Even thinking about it. Yeah, I'm losing my yeah. reason here. Losing my reason. I think okay. I'm just okay. going to... Okay, I'll intervene. Yeah. I'll step in. Okay. I'll step in. It's okay. It's not going to happen. They're going to have to buy a central <sighs> defender and a central midfielder. Hyperventilating surely. here. I'm just... Uh, yeah, yeah no, they it, are. It, it was quite a scary idea. Uh, trust the manager. Give him time. Unless he says Mustafi's at the heart of his plans. At that point, you can all freak out as much as you like. a Paulie boy who's at P. Fortunato 1985. He says, morning both. Good morning to you, Paulie boy. Uh, morning. Good that's morning. Nice. Yes, it is. Yeah, people, you know, that's nice to uh, have a little bit of a greeting. He said, a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, rather, you talked about Ivan's catalyst for change and the proof being mm. in the pudding. And he says, what kind of pudding has he served up so far and what do you think of it? So what kind oh, of a pudding? Is it a, is it a delicious chocolate pudding or is it a kind of spotted dick? What's a pudding that has like sponge on the outside, but it's got something inside it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, where you open it and stuff comes out. Yeah. It's called, called? Um, stuff in it pudding. Yeah. It's one of those puddings and it looks really appetising, right, from the outside. Uh-huh. But until we... Put our spoon through the. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Pudding. We won't know what it's actually like, yeah. if it's good or not. Yeah, so it's a good looking... Do you understand looking, this yeah. analogy that I'm yeah. torturously making? I do know what you mean. It looks fantastic. It looks, you know, it's it, it could be like, a, you know, when you go to a, a chipper, chip shop, mm. and they have, uh, chip shops have gone very modern these days. They all have, uh, certainly over here, they all have kind of screens now, like LG uh, HD screens, which show all the stuff, all their yeah. menus, rather than the old, like, signs that they have. But remember, oh, you, used wow. to, you used to sort of see a picture of a burger, and it would look yeah. amazing. It would look all, you know, um, tall and and um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Succulent and everything else. And then you get the burger home and it's all flat and shit, right? Mm. So what we're looking at here with this pudding is a pudding that looks good. It looks pretty good. We have to give him that. The pudding looks good. Aesthetically, it looks fine. But the sponge could be, what's a bad taste off sponge? I mean, what could you what could you miss when you're making a sponge that would make it mingin? Like if you what added, you add by mistake, sand. You could add sand or or <laughs> yeah. pepper or something, and then you're 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 filling whether it's chocolate pudding or salted caramel or something like that, something fancy. I mean, you can get salted caramel everything these days, can't you? It's amazing, salted yeah. caramel toothpaste. It's just everywhere you go, there's a salted caramel version. So let's say Ivan is serving up a delicious salted caramel, but maybe instead of salt, he puts in, I don't know, uh, crushed up Rennies or <laughs> some kind of suppository. I don't know. Yeah. We have to have a taste. Used. Yeah. <laughs> we and the proof, the, Yeah, the proof is in the pudding, and we have seen the pudding, but we haven't eaten it. Yeah. Exactly. None of us have eaten the pudding, so we can't say. But it looks nice. Yeah. Yeah. If you saw it on an advert, you'd be like, oh, I'll go to that shop or whatever it is. Yeah. But until you've eaten that pudding, until you've ingested it, it's just a picture of a pudding. Yeah. And nobody's any the wiser. Nobody's any the wiser. Well, I need to know about these futuristic fish shops where they sell robot fish or whatever it is. We don't have that here. You don't. Like, all the chippers near me now, rather than just have a sort of plastic menu with a, you know, uh, burger and chips or fish and chips, yeah. cod and chips and all that, they've got maybe four or five uh, HD TVs around them, which have all their menu no. on it and, like, yeah, all pictures, and it looks all cool and futuristic. I mean, it's still the same stuff, deep fried and served up to you in a bag, but the presentation... But it's in HD. It's in HD. HD chips, HD scampi and chips. It's uh, it's the future. I don't think we have that. It's weird. It's like I don't know. It was 
I'm, I'm almost annoyed. I'm thinking of emigrating. I mean, this is why not? I demand. If if you've seen these high tech fish shops in London, let me know. I want to go to one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because it's a very competitive market over here. You know, there's chippers everywhere. Basically, there's a couple near me, so they're trying to outdo each other in terms of uh, you know their presentation and how they. How they make everything look. Rice. And people still just sure. go in and, you know, batter sausage and chips, please, mate. And that's it. They knew what they wanted before they went in. Do you know what I mean? The screens are almost redundant. Yeah. But it's all for show. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Um, I can't even remember what we were talking about. We were talking about pudding. Yes. The pudding. I think if you had fish in the pudding, that would be quite bad. It would be. Like salted caramel with fish. Yeah. No fish and pudding. I wouldn't want a fish pudding. Not at all. Not at all. Um, so, do you well, think Ivan sounds like you're giving Ivan Gazidis credit? I mean, oh, yeah, no, are fair, you going to be all right after yeah, this? I will be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm prepared to give credit where credit is due. And, you know, so far we've got, you know, a new coach. We've put the structures in place, et cetera, et cetera. You know, fair play. But we have to eat the pudding. We Let's have eat the pudding first. to eat the pudding. Do you think Ivan... <laughs> Do you think Ivan has tasted his own pudding? <laughs> I don't know. Well, if you're the chef, if I you're making know. the pudding, if you're, you know, you've got to do the taste if test along the way. If you're a good chef, to be fair, if you're a good chef, they do say as you go along, give it a little taste. Yeah. It's just after the image of him showing Unai's tunnel last week, I just can't handle this on top of it, really. It's a yeah. bit much for me. I, I could just, you know, he's in the office and he's calling in Raul. Raul, I need a meeting, please. And he's like, mmm, mmm. Yes, I think that would go very well with some Sven. And uh, that's yeah. that's the pudding we're getting. Ivan Sven and uh, Ivan, somebody. Uh, I was much happier just talking about Alex Awobi's buttocks, I have to say. Yeah. Much more comfortable. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Somebody what about Raoul and Sven? Someone found a, be- a better acronym than the IRS? Yeah. Surely not. I did. I can't remember what it was, though. I think it could have been Smeg. But that takes us right. down a very different... Um, yeah. A very different path. Rabbit hole. Yeah. That we don't really want to go down. We don't. Um, what about this question? It's not about football. Okay. But it's probably something we're all wondering. It's from Indrek Salamets. And Indrek says, why a second German Shepherd? Are you so happy with the breed that you didn't want to try something new? And then it says, would you consider letting your dog bite James McNicholas for good luck next season? Um, why? You, yeah, it's just the breed. I love the breed. And uh, yeah, just thought it would be good to get another German Shepherd. Like if you can't get a German Shepherd and then get a Basset Hound, because they're dogs with very different energies, right? So you have to be aware of right. that. If you're getting a second dog, you want the two dogs that can go along together. So it just seems natural. Yeah, compatible. So you don't want a sausage dog and a German Shepherd. You know, you don't want uh, you don't want a Bichon Frise and a Doberman. You know, you got to be a bit sensible about these things. Now, as for the second thing, I don't mm. think it would be good luck for the new season for the dog to bite you. Because... Okay. What if, and you don't even know this, perhaps, you were exposed to radiation, a high dose of radiation, like the spider, yeah, like the spider that bit Peter Parker, but somehow in reverse. I'm not biting anyone. I'm not biting it. I'm not biting your dog. Yeah, but my dog's biting me. Yeah, exactly. 
and she gets a, a dose of radiation and becomes like a super Me. dog. Well, well, that would be weird if the dog turned into you because I, the you dog, know, like picks up my major traits. Yeah. It became really short-sighted. <laughs> All its fur fell out. <laughs> it would be, it would be, uh, yeah, a challenge to walk that particular dog. Yeah, so, no, I don't want the dog to bite you. I don't want the dog to bite anyone. Dogs should not bite people. They should love people. So, you know, I'd be quite happy for her to have a lick of you. If you were happy sure. to let the dog lick you, that would be, that would be all right. That's fine, yeah. because yeah, it's, it's a lick of love. I think we we should call it. Is that is that love when a dog licks you? Is that what that is, or is it just like I've you know you know dogs that lick a lot that they're like oh I love to lick people yeah what's going on there? Are I they think, just very affectionate or yeah I think so I think so I mean it's um some of it I presume is just habit with some dogs but I think it's just their way mm. of saying yes I love you I'm a dog and I love you here's some licks now. Sometimes seems a shame that we can't do that, you know. Well, <laughs> person to person. Ivan can do that. He's a, he's a good lick of sure. uh, Sven, a good lick of Raoul, because he's making the pudding. He has to know what the pudding tastes like. So taste it as he goes along. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, here's a question. Uh, I'm going to go to Facebook because uh, people say we don't. Those guys get annoyed if we don't. Yeah, yeah so we've got to go, and I'm going to read some of the questions. Hold your breath before you go into Facebook. You don't know what might happen in there. Okay. Scary in there. Right. Um, boom, boom, boom. Morris Shortall. It's not really a question. Mm-hmm. He says, Joel Campbell, give the man a chance, Emery. What do you think? I saw Joel Campbell in my sort of search for football. I saw Joel Campbell score a goal against Northern Ireland this weekend. Right. Um, he was Costa Rica's outstanding player against Northern Ireland. And he's gearing up for the World Cup. He's actually playing England next week in a friendly. Oh, yeah? Costa Rica and versus then, England? Yeah, that's on on the agenda. Um, give him a chance. I mean, he sort of has had chances, hasn't he, in the past? It's not like he's not had any chances. And he kind of did okay for the most part. Mm-hmm. But... I'm not sure he's the solution to anything. A lot depends on Danny Welbeck. You know, if Danny Welbeck isn't going to sign a new contract, I think there is a a convincing argument to let him go and then let Lucas Perez or Joel Campbell or Eddie Nketiah sort of fight it out for that third striking spot. But Mm. as it is, I mean, I I can't get too excited. I can't get too excited either way about Joel Campbell. You know, I'm not desperate for him to have a chance. I'm not desperate to sell him I'm just sort of he's had so many loan spells that he doesn't even really feel like our player anymore yeah he didn't do particularly well on his last loan spell maybe he was injured but I think the Joel Campbell ship has sailed that would be my take Mm. on it I don't see it as um, I don't see it as uh, something we should revisit you know he's had chances he did all right, but is Joel Campbell the guy who's going to make us top four again title contenders probably not I don't he's think 26 so. this summer that'll make you feel old mm. he's 26 this summer oh I um, remember when he was just 22 it was yeah <laughs> seems so long ago now I know perennially 22 and now suddenly he's 26 how's that happened it creeps up on us yeah it really does um, no I think I actually think he's a, a pretty decent player and I think he could do well for like 
Everton or something like that. But I don't think he's the answer for Arsenal. Uh, Andy Newton wants to know, could Steven Nzonzi be a good option for DM? If he's making the French World Cup team, he can't be too bad. We were linked with him over the weekend because Unai Emery knows him from his days at Sevilla or maybe he just knows him because, you know, they, they, they know each other. I just heard of him. Yeah. Saw, you saw him play for Blackburn once. Uh, I, he's kind of the right... I mean, I think he would be an interesting player to sign. What would count against him? It's He's very much in that... Uh, Mkhitaryan, Papastathopoulos, or Bamiang age bracket. He's 29. Mm. So I think that would raise a few eyebrows, bringing in another player, uh, another sort of core first team player at that kind of age. And I think that will probably count against him. But uh, I mean, I think it's a bit late. I think if you were going to bring in Nzonzi, you probably wanted to do it two years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to bring him in, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you want to bring him in? Uh, I don't like. It would feel a bit underwhelming to me, to be perfectly honest. Um, mm. But you know, who am I to, he, you know, beg, beggars and choosers and all that kind of stuff? I, I don't know. He was very good against Man U last season in the Champions League. I mean, he's a good player. He's undoubtedly a good player. But I just feel like it would be another short-termist move, and another slightly unimaginative one. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know much of how he, um, much of what he does, you know. I'm I'm looking him up here on Squawker, you know, to get his, to get his uh, stats up. So right, uh, pass completion uh, doesn't seem to be working. Defense interceptions. I, um, yeah, I tell you what, I did see some interesting stats the other day. Not about, while you look that up about yeah. uh, Socrates, the Greek centre back who is always spoken about as a very rugged uh, player. But this was someone, I think it was on Statsbomb, who'd done a sort of rundown of European centre-halves and looking at whose passing was the most progressive. Um, And he actually fared very well in that regard. So uh, one can imagine that, you know, if you're looking to replace potentially Mustafi, you want someone who can pass the ball forward and, you know, between the lines. And it seems... That Socrates can actually do that. So right. that, that might be partly why we're interested in him. Just a little tidbit. Did you find Adzonzi's stats in here? Yeah, like this is his stats for last year. 88% pass completion, 23 interceptions, 19 tackles won, 37 tackles lost. I don't know how that, how does that compare to... How do you lose a tackle? Does that mean you go in for it and you, you basically don't, don't get, get the, the ball? ball? Yeah. So I'm comparing him right. to... Uh, to Granite Xhaka. Compare him to, to Granite, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yikes. Uh, okay, no, hang on. Oh, it's only showing his Europa League stats here. I want to get him all the Premier League. English Premier League. Okay. Right. Do it. Okay, so here we go. Uh, pass completion, 88% on Zanzi, 87% Xhaka. Interceptions, Zanzi 23, Xhaka 35. Um, Zanzi tackles won 19, Xhaka 52. Tackles lost, Zanzi 37, Xhaka 94. <laughs> um, Whoa. <laughs> blocks. Eight for Nzonzi, six for Xhaka. Er- errors leading to a goal. One for Nzonzi, three for Xhaka. 
Um, let's see. Fouls committed. <laughs> 24 by Nzonzi. Xhaka, 53. Whoa. Whoa. More than double. More than double. What else do we need? What else have we got here? Uh, total jewels percentage. Apparently Nzonzi's good in the air. How's his air? What's his aerial jewels like? Okay. Aerial jewels. Hang on. I'm going to get those. Aerial jewels one. 60, oh no, uh, 85 for Nzonzi, 41 for, for Xhaka. Um, let's see. Boom, boom, boom. Fouls suffered. Wow, holy shit. Xhaka's been fouled 39 times to Nzonzi's 11. So, yeah. Interesting. So, in conclusion, we still need to taste the pudding. Yeah. <laughs> but the question is, what does Nzonzi's, Nzonzi's pudding taste like? You know, we can all look at his pudding well, until we've tasted it. Yeah. We just don't know. Exactly. I'm sure Ivan will have a good taste of his pudding when he uh, goes to do the deal. I think that uh, the little that I've seen of Nzonzi recently, he feels a little bit like an alternative to Shaka, not a compliment to him. Mm. Uh, I feel like they are sort of similar deep-lying distributor types One's just sort of taller than the other. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. That's what I'm getting from that. My my overriding feeling is someone better than that, please. I don't know who it is, but just someone better, if you wouldn't mind. You know, make it happen. They're working on it, I'm sure. Yeah. They're working on it, I'm sure. Um, What other questions have we got? Uh, In recent blah, 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 blah. Oh. Right. No, I th- I saw a question and I was like interested in it for a bit, and then I I lost complete interest in it. I'll, I'll do it. I've started talking about it, so I'll do it. It's Glenn Miller. I'm not slagging off the question, Glenn. I just you'll see why I, why I decided against it. Glenn says, following on from today's blog, what do you think Anelka's legacy would be if he'd spent his career at Arsenal? I was lucky enough to chat to Lee Dixon about him once, who said he was totally unplayable in games and training towards the end of his time at Arsenal. Mm. He was brilliant, really. I mean, I think he's a player who did not fulfil his potential. When you look at the way he broke into the Arsenal team, I don't always remember that goal against Manchester United, the the one that he cracked mm. in, that 3-2 that oh, yeah, game. Oh, that was his first goal for Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, what a way to announce yourself. And uh, wasn't there a game at Blackburn where he just... He was so good that game as well. He raced through and his pace was amazing. His finishing was fantastic. You know, I think his his issue was his character. Um, and it shows you how important all the ingredients are. You can be an amazing player. And if you don't have the right character, then you're not going to fulfill your potential. Similarly, you can be an average player, but if you've got character and if you've got drive and ambition and are prepared to work hard, you know, you can make yourself really successful. Like, um... I guess a good example of that would be David Beckham. Not very mm-hmm. quick, not particularly mm-hmm. skillful, but absolutely determined, worked his whole off, practicing his dead balls. He could, you know, obviously take great free kicks, great corner kicks, decent passer of the ball. But, you know, his success was as much down to hard work as it was, or more down to hard work than raw talent. And you've seen players who've got all the raw talent in the world who just just go nowhere because 
they're not prepared to do the work. So I think that's a touch of what uh, happened to Anelka. You know, I don't think he was particularly well advised early in his career. Um, the idea of an anelka Henri partnership up front, wow. Imagine what that would have been like. Defences across Europe would have been scared shitless of that. But, you know. It would have been great, especially because they both had sort of trademark goals, but they were kind of from opposite channels. Like if I think of Henri, mm. I always think of that uh, sort of opening his body up and bending it into the far corner with his side foot. Yeah. But Anelka, I watched a video just a few days ago of all Anelka's Arsenal goals. So many of them were from the kind of inside right channel, what latterly became a sort of Theo Walcott channel, you know, yeah. across the goalkeeper yeah. into that corner. Yeah. So, yeah, you could see how it might have worked. I mean, quite what it would have meant for Dennis Bergkamp, I, I don't know, but would have been uh, pretty exhilarating. And Anelka was talked about when Omri left, actually, wasn't it, as a potential yeah. replacement when we when we bought Eduardo. Mm, yeah, are we going to get Anelka back? And where did he go? Went to Chelsea or something, didn't he, at that time? He uh, did go to Chelsea, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did. Anyway, uh, here's a question from Adam, who's at Jovo558, and he says, if Mertesacker was a dinosaur, would he, would he be a Mertesaur, Mertesaur or a dinosacker? I like the word dinosacker, I think, yeah. of the two. Would he not be uh, a pterodactyl? Very nice. Very nice. Mm. Uh that I'm trying I mean I I'm trying to complete compete with that and it's it's difficult. I'm running through dinosaur puns in my mind. Pterodactyl. Yeah. I'm not stopping that. Okay. Am I? No. Um he'd be an excellent dinosaur. I mean there is a lot there is something of the dinosaur to him. If we hadn't made him Head of the academy, he would have made an excellent Gunnosaurus. <laughs> yeah, I Do can see think. That. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's got the frame for it. Yeah. Uh, I've got a question here from Ross McMurray. Okay. Do you think psychometric tests are performed on players before they are bought? And if not, do you think it should to make sure they're a good fit to clubs' values and will fit into the group? And then he's put, this would mean no more Galas signings. Right. What what exactly are psychometric tests? I don't know. I think it's like that thing. Like you know, where they hold of, you up a piece of paper and say, what do you see here? And if it's a butterfly, you're normal. Blood, and if it's, it's just blood. Yeah. yeah. Everything is a pool of blood. Everyone sees butterflies except Roy Keane, who <laughs> just sees blood everywhere. Um, no, I I think it's like personality profiling. Yeah. Right. No, I wouldn't imagine that they do that with players. I guess they just find out what kind of a a person they are, you know? When you when you send your scouts to scout a player, you know, they'll talk to people around the club, won't they? Or talk to people, you know, what's he like? Is he an okay guy? Is he personable? Is he outgoing? Is he introverted? Does he need an arm around the shoulder or a kick up the arse? Is he a massive mm. prick? You know, clearly that was not a question anybody asked when we were doing the uh, the Galas deal. But there you go. Perhaps we've learned from that. Perhaps we have learned from that. There was that story, wasn't there, about them conducting psychometric tests within the club? Because, well, that's where there's sort of, I don't know if it's folklore or not, the tale of Nicholas Bentner's uh, self-assessment. You know, they sort of tested his... Uh, what was it? Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Self, it was like, yeah. Self-belief or something like that. And uh, he was off the charts. He was 11. He the scale. Yeah, he was yeah. 11. It went he from 1 11. to 10 and he gave himself 11. He's just like the spinal tap of footballers. It's a, it's a lovely story. I hope it is true. I mean, you do hear about the club kind of really doing their research on players 
I remember when we signed Jose Reyes, there were all these stories of us spying on Sevilla training sessions uh, to try and see how he was in training and when he was, uh, you know, not during games. I mean, the one flaw in that plan was that was in Spain. He loved being in Spain. He was happy in Spain. We needed to put him in England for a week and see what happened then. Mm. So, no, I, I, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think we'll do that. No, I, th- I, I wonder, I wonder. I, I do think some football clubs might, you know. There's such a movement towards sports psychology and being able to profile people in that way. And like, there, I, I, there, there must be, yeah, them. there must be players down the years where we've gone, oh, he's such a good player, but more hassle than he's worth, probably. There have to have been sure. some of those. Sure. You know, where you just go, nah, nah, he's too much of a dick. Like, he's a good player, but he's just too much of a dick. Maybe yeah, Arsene d- didn't really like dicks, uh, you know. Is it, I mean, uh, apart from Dick Law, fall, I would say Dick Law. He loved that guy. He loved Dick he Law. He really loved that guy. Uh, um, Selbridge Gunner, yeah, Selbridge Gunner wants to know how long James was the Michael Bolton phase. The Michael Bolton phase. You should explain what that is, really, to people who don't know what he's talking about. Michael Bolton is a singer who had long, (laughs) wavy, curly hair. Michael Bolton, um, he he did a terrible, didn't he do a terrible cover version of Sitting on the Dock of the Bay? The Otis Redding song. It was just terrible. But, uh, of course, you know, he did uh, How Am I Supposed to Live Without You? That, That classic ballad from the 90s or 80s whenever it was anyway he had really terrible kind of long mullet well, was kind it terrible of, or was yeah, it really beautiful yeah. it was, <laughs> was it was beautiful? it beautiful that's my question i i i i don't think it was beautiful i know that's a subjective thing beauty is in the eye of the sure. beholder and all that okay. kind of stuff but okay. but i'm 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 not convinced that you could say it was particularly if you're jealous of, if you're jealous of his hair then that's fine that's fine you can you should just say so though Andrew. the yeah. <laughs> the connection here of course is that you used to have i wouldn't have said necessarily michael bolton-esque hair but yeah i can see where he's coming from with the question you know you i mean had, i can say i'd rather it be michael bolton <coughs> than mick no you know i mean i'll take michael bolton every time given the choice um, well, Michael. But yes, Bol- anyway, I, ha- <laughs> I had this long, curly hair. It was much more. Um, there was much more volume to it than Michael Bolton's, I think, and that's not a brag. Uh, it was sort of. Uh, it was closer to sort of David Louise, really, than Michael Bolton. But anyway, in my dreams, it was. Yeah. Um, anyway, I had that. If you're interested, uh, Selbridge Gunner, sort of between the ages of about. 16 and 22 something like that right uh right not not i mean of all my life choices that's probably one that requires closest examination but mm. i th- i think i was trying to make some sort of point but i i don't know what it was i think i, I know what it was know. i think i know what it was you know we, go on we know you're uh, an actor james sure with ambitions to to do it on the biggest stage Yes. You know, to perform, to showcase your innate talent. Mm. And what better way is there to do that than in a Timothée advert? I think that's what you were after. <laughs> yes, I guess so. Do you remember Just, Spurs had a player called Timothée? Timothée Atuba, the left back. Did they? I Timotei. don't know if he was the shampoo magnate, but 
Right. Wow. Well. Wasn't there a Timofte who played in the World Cup in, uh, he was, was he Romanian? Very possibly. I think. Very possibly. Hang on. I could be right here. Uh, because didn't, didn't, um, he's a Romanian footballer. I think he's the guy who missed the penalty in the World Cup in 1990 when Ireland beat Romania in the, in the round of 16 or whatever it was to reach the, the quarterfinals. Packy Bonner oh, was the Irish goalkeeper. Yeah. Fondly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there you go. One day, James, you will be able to, uh, you know, if you get the wig now, because you can't do it with your real hair. Let's be honest, you're not going to be able to do it with that anymore. No. But maybe a wig and you could wear that lovely long flowing gown that the, uh, the Timothée lady always wore. Hair out behind you, sunlight, kissing your beautiful face. And uh, people, nice. people, will, like uh, a, <laughs> people will buy Timothée, yeah. I could do a regain advert maybe or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like one of those adverts for like a hair product. I, you know, if it worked, I could do the before. They'd have to get someone else. They'd get Michael Bolton in for the after <laughs> or whatever. But I could do the before. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, any more questions? Yeah, I've, I've got one. Have you got go one? On. I've got one small one. If you've got one, feel no, free. No, you go, you go. Right, we'll do one to finish it off. It's from Justin Cowley, who is called at non-splodge which is um, onomatopoeic in a way. He says, this is Puma's last year as kit manufacturer for Arsenal. Do you have any idea beyond the media speculation? Speculation? Speculation. 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 That's another good word. It's up there with truncated. Truncated speculation. Sounds like a medical complaint, doesn't it? I'm sorry, Mr. McNicholas. You've got a truncated spe- <laughs> speculation. I've actually had that. I've actually had that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have as well. Um, but he yeah. says, beyond the media spec- speculation of it being Adidas, uh, do you know who our next sponsor will be or kit manufacturer will be? And what's your favorite Arsenal kit of all time? Mm. Mm. Um, mm. Well, a lot of people are saying Adidas, aren't they? I mean... Uh, I have no, I have no knowledge one way or the other. Do you? Yeah. All oh, right. I do. Are yeah. you allowed to say? Yeah. Go on then. It's going to be Adidas. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah. Confirmed on the podcast. If you listen this far to this podcast, I think that's the least you deserve. <laughs> really, that little exclusive. Yeah, that's what I'm told. Anyway, I'm told it's all done and dusted, basically. So um, that will. What be is your favourite Arsenal Arsenal kit then in in history? Mm, I I am very fond, obviously, of the 1979, the yellow away, yellow and blue away kit. I have to mm. say, that's probably my favourite. It's why I hate all the away kits when they do blue and green and different shades of blue and other blue. It like, drives me mad. Just give me the yellow and blue. I like that. I like. It. I just like it. I want that. I do like that as well. I have to say, though, I thought the... The I did quite like the black kit this year, the black and pink. I thought that was one of the few occasions in which Puma didn't disgrace themselves. So uh, mm. I enjoyed that. Yeah. What's, um, what's your favourite kit? Well, I really like a lot of the yellow and blues. I like... Actually, there is a blue kit I do like. It's from the 90s. It's from like 96, 97. It's a blue away kit with a lightning bolt down oh, the front of it. Do you know I, that one? Yeah, I know. I don't like that. I don't like that because my memory of that kit... You can't get on board with any blue, can you? No, my memory of that kit is Robbie Fowler scoring a hat-trick against us in three minutes at Anfield, and I think we were wearing that kit that day. So that's really my only memory of of that kit. 
And it's a bad one. What about the, what about of the home kits, though? Because that's harder, isn't it? Because, you know, obviously they're kind of closer, usually. Uh, is there a home kit you particularly liked that you thought nailed it? Um, I liked the one, maybe the, maybe around 95... Who was on 95. it? Was it still? Yeah, it was maybe the first year Bergkamp wore the the home kit. That would have been 96, would it have been? Yeah. 96, 97 he joined, did he? Or 95, 96? No, 96, 95, I think he signed. Yeah. That's mm. like a, an old Nike JVC combo. Yeah. It had a collar. It had a collar. A white collar, maybe. It had a collar. Yeah, you got the stripey. I, I think that's 95, 96. Yeah. I, I actually, this is a controversial opinion because yeah. I think everyone hated this kit. But I quite liked, I don't know why, I think it's just I loved that team. When the Invincibles got their new kit and it was the the kit with the yellow piping. Do you remember that kit? Yeah. The one with the big white panel on the back for the name. Was that that one? The one that had, I don't know, it was the the kit we were wearing when Reyes scored that goal against Middlesbrough, three. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. I quite like that kit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The simpler, the better for me, you know, with the the red and the white. I'm a a sucker for the hoop socks, though. Bring back some hooped socks, proper hooped socks, and I'm on board with that. We haven't had hooped socks since 95, since that kit you mentioned that you really liked. Well, then I think it's oh, we're overdue. We're overdue. Stripey hoop, hoop socks. They can be fattening for your legs. <laughs> really? We should just wear black. Black is slimming, of course. Horizontal stripes. Yeah, just wear black. Always wear black. All right. Okay. That's well, look, um, I think we're going to leave it there. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. Um, hopefully some stuff will have happened before the next Arscast Extra next week. Um, thank you as yeah. ever for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show nonetheless. Um, you know, we'll, we'll deal with the real stuff when it happens. In the meantime, what can we do? We can only, only work with what we're given. And uh, hopefully this particular arrow pudding was tasty to you. I hope that's the case. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. I mean, it, and everyone, if you're going to take a pudding hourly, you want it to taste good mm, 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 to your ears. Yes. All right, folks, we'll leave it there. We'll catch you on the next one. Cheers. Bye-bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.